This is The Conservative Edge. I'm Dr. Joe Curry, your host. With us today is a fantastic guest. We are so lucky to have him. He happens to be in the United States, and we're lucky to get a little time to spend with him. Our discussion is going to center on British politics as well as EU politics. Welcome, Mr. Farage. Thank you. Such an honor to have you, sir. Truly one of the leading conservatives in, uh, in Europe, and uh, I guess many people learned your, le uh, your lessons, and one of them will be Salvini right now, who is really shaking things up in Italy. Yeah, his first day in politics was in 2004. Uh -huh. He was elected to the European Parliament, uh -huh. and he was in my group. I was his boss, and he's uh -huh. doing remarkable things. Oh, he uh, really is. The Economist called him uh, one of the leading personalities in Europe. Yes. I thought they forgot about you. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm over the hill now. You know, <laughs> no, I'm you're not. Bit, no, you're you know. not. You're not. You couldn't possibly be over the hill. Uh, the questions I, we, I'm going to ask you will, be, uh, will have to do with nationalism, one of the hot topics right now. Since when nationalism referring to sovereignty and to immigration? Since when it got a bad word on the streets of politics? Well, I, I remember in 1999, when I was first elected, doing a press conference, one of the journalists said, are you nationalists? And I said, we're nationists. Wow. And I've used that word for 20 years. I am a nationist. I think the nation state is the building block that we respect. It's the building block that we pay our taxes to. Slightly reluctantly, but we kind of understand that understand. we have to. Um, yeah. It's the nation state whose soccer team we support. It's the nation state who in extremis, we would be prepared to make personal sacrifices to defend the integrity of it. Um, and I think most of us see the nation state as an extension of our own family. It's, it's part of who we are, it's our unit. And you see, what's happened uh, with globalism and supranationalism is they have willfully tried to dilute nation states, yeah. to make people feel part of a bigger global entity, be it the European Union or, or the United Nations or whatever it may be. But in the process, they've lost, the, they've lost the soul of many people in the process. Oh, they certainly have. Okay. So I think the, the, the way the word nationalist is now used, it's used in a pejorative sense exactly. by those who are trying to maintain global structures. Exactly. Look, I've always said this. I think nationalism is like alcohol. A little bit makes people very friendly very happy, makes the world a better place, and too much can be disastrous. And I think that's right with nationalism. Yeah, you know, you know, if nationalism becomes an extreme, if it steps over a line, and it goes from being love of one's country to hatred of everybody else, then you've got a problem. Well, uh, luckily for you, or maybe coincidentally, uh, President Trump just declared himself a nationalist in Houston on October 22, 2018. And he said, I am a nationalist. Now, to, to many people, it, uh, they took it to be a negative comment. Mm. In other words, hey, here, here he goes again, using words that are absolutely considered, absolutely considered by the left to be, you know, unacceptable. Yeah, but we can, yeah, but we can claim things back, you see. Yeah. yeah. We can claim things back. Uh, the fact that the left say you can't use this word or you can't fly this flag. I mean, I remember, you know, the Union Jack 
the distinctive yeah. flag of my country. I mean, yeah. to sort of give it a little yeah, flag. Yeah, see it on your head. <laughs> you see. I mean, now I remember. <laughs> you like that, didn't you? I, I remember being told, "Oh, you can't fly that." Yeah. Because a couple of extremist groups uh -huh. had, had used that flag, we were told we couldn't fly that flag. And the answer is that you reclaim things. If somebody else wants to take it for the wrong purposes, you reclaim it. And now, that flag, you see it on people's T-shirts all over the world. That's it's right. become a kind of a trendy symbol. So I think, with the, I, I think with nationalism, I think what Trump is trying to do is the same thing. What Trump is trying to do is to affirm nationalism in a policy sense. I'll give you an example, if I may, and I'll let you comment on it. One of them, for example, NAFTA. He doesn't like NAFTA. Why? Because he did not think it served the national interests of the United States sufficiently. So we substituted for NAFTA the new agreement he has right now, which is called USMCA. Okay? The acronym here is a bit bothersome, but anyhow, so that's, that's what happened. On the immigration side, we said we are not, we don't, we are not an open border uh, society. We are not going to allow anybody to come in. So we're going to insist on what we call merit immigration. Now, what does that mean? Fundamentally, what it means, Mr. Farage, is the following, in my mind, and please correct me if I'm wrong. It means that if you cannot contribute to the national good, you should not be an immigrant to this country. Sounds about right to me. Okay. Absolutely. And, 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 and furthermore, yes. furthermore, the examples are astonishing in Europe. For example, if you take Sweden, Sweden has sections of the city of Stockholm where your police don't want to go in, and about 80% of the population in there is foreign, and 80%, uh, I mean, uh, the, the, practically the whole population is foreign, and 80% of it live on welfare. Now, what kind of an immigration system is that? Ruinous. Look, I think, I mean, I, I've always advocated that the basis upon which Australia did this for many decades was right. A points-based system, yeah. full criminal record checks, you bring your own health insurance for a period of years, uh, you know, you do all the right things, you can then gain access to citizenship. That's the right way to do things. Mm. Uh, I've, I've long been mystified that America's had the lottery system. Always struck me as being a very odd way of doing it. So I think the world has changed. Uh, I think we've got concerns over terrorism and problems like that. Okay. So, so look, I and the world is not flat anymore. No, no, that that, that, no. that whole idea, you know, you know, popularized by Friedman and so on and so forth. The world is not flat. No, there uh, are many valleys and there are many mountains, and, and they think, all have to traverse them. And I think, you know, when you come up against people who say, "Well, we're all world citizens. We should all be able to move freely wherever we like," uh, you know, the truth of it is. The 200 countries in the world have their own borders, decide who can go there, and Britain and America should be just like that. Wow. Okay. Well, clearly we're not like that, and many people are trying to, do, to, to change that. But there's something very important that's happening here. If the world is not flat, and if people can really move, they will move just like water. Water always moves to where there is least resistance. And what we are finding out right now, especially with the immigration in California, you offer a lot of benefit, guess what? Most of the illegal immigrants want to come to California. And why not? They want to come to California. Yeah. You know they have sanctuary state, an American does not, right? That you cannot, if, you stop, if the police stops them, you cannot uh, repossess their car because they have to make a living. And that could serve on practically any commission. That could even be on the jury in, the United, in uh, California. Yeah, incredible. Okay, so now the question is, how do we correct that? And what Trump is trying to do right now, President, what yeah. President Trump is trying to do, is to make sure that we have a merit system for immigration. And the caravan, what's your comment on the caravan? Well, I'll tell you something. 
when you hear the word refugees yes. used, I'm not sure any of them would qualify under the United Nations 1951 declaration of what a refugee is. It's a nonsense. Agree. It's a nonsense. Agree. And what we've learned from the Mediterranean mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. elsewhere mm -hmm. is if you allow this to happen once, all you do is encourage more. So I think he's in a very... I think not only is he right about this, but it puts him at the centre ground of public opinion too. This is what ordinary people think. Normal people think borders should be protected. And I would wager that in America there'd be a huge number of legal immigrants who've gone through the right channels exactly. who'll say, we've done this properly. Why the hell should others just be able to walk in? And not only this, all you have to do is get to Arizona, there's this so-called offense, mm -hmm. and you just cross it, and that's it, you're in the United States. Yeah. Nobody asks you even what your name is. Uh, regarding Britain, if I may, uh, just the analogy to California. Let us assume the best healthcare system in the world is in Britain, and let us assume you have an open system. Who wouldn't want to come, to, and, and, uh, and of course, the, uh, Medicare is, the, the care of, in medicine is available to everybody in Britain, right? Mm -hmm. You have... Uh, you have a one system, system. Yeah, for everybody. And people find out that they could enter Britain anytime they want, well, and they could tap the system. <coughs> this will destroy it even for the Brits. Well, this is what's happened, of course. The National Health Service of course. has become the International Health Service. That's right. So it's put a lot of stress and strain on the system. Okay. Huge amount. Uh, that's led to deep resentment amongst people. Yeah. They say, look, we've paid into this for generations. Why on earth okay. are we opening this up to the rest of the world? So, it, I mean, that is a real issue. The... Charter of the EU, does it presuppose the elimination of national borders or, or does it substitute, substitute EU authority over the borders instead of national authority? It, be in no doubt that the European project, which, which began as or was sold as a post-war collaboration between warring allies, namely France and Germany, all right? So the idea that they get together, break bread, trade with each other, all of that's great, but rather like communism that went before it, mm -hmm. what could look like a lovely idea can turn into something very different. And now at every level, it is the aim of the European Union to supersede uh, and, 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 all the roles of the nation state, including border controls, including the overset budgets, including ultimately the right to set tax rates. Um, and they are on a process of eliminating the nation state and replacing it with a new flag and a new anthem and a new army uh, and for all the talk about this being about peace and love I genuinely fear that a militarized expansionist European Union will actually be a threat to the future also I'd say this to you it is the epicenter of the globalist project it's why yes, Hillary Clinton and the others love it and it's why I don't just believe in Brexit I want Europe out of the European Union you know, they, you know, no, I really mean it. But, I, you, but I, you, said, you said yourself that within one decade, you don't think there'll be an EU. I don't. I don't. I just hope that it breaks up peaceably. I hope that it breaks up democratically. Well, it looks like Italy may follow you. Well, I think Italy may well follow us. But, yes. but, but you know, we, at some point, uh, we may get to a, a situation uh, where EU bullying and compliance of member state governments it leads to people taking different courses of action. Without a doubt. You said that 95% of a Brexit is already done, 95%. Is that 5% uh, going to break things up, or do you think Brexit will pass? I think the odds are that we'll get Brexit. 
You will. Uh, the odds are we'll leave on March 29th next year. We'll leave the European treaties. Uh, sadly, with a very weak Prime Minister, uh, we won't do it in a way that fully takes advantage of the opportunities. Uh, but there is a chance, because Parliament doesn't respect the will of the people, there is a chance that it gets delayed further, or the worst-case scenario, they even force us to vote again. I hope, I hope it doesn't happen. I think if it did, uh, the damage to trust within our whole system of government would be frankly incalculable. Will Prime Minister May, you think, survive uh, the Brexit? Uh... I'm amazed she's still here. I mean, I think she's absolutely hopeless. <laughs> I, I mean, I think she's one of the most, one of the weakest, one of the least conservative, and frankly, one of the most dishonest prime ministers we've ever had. Wow. She, she says, I'm going to do this and does the opposite. Does would, it again? would you run against her? Well, it's, it's not as simple as that. You know, if we had a presidential system, it, might, would like be, that. it <laughs> might be different, but it's, it's, it's not like that. I mean, look, I've had a, you know, I've definitely had a seismic effect on British politics. You know, that referendum, we all know have, that. That referendum wouldn't have happened if I hadn't forced the issue. You were the key um, man. I think I have changed the centre of gravity on debate on many of these things. I don't know what the future holds. Uh, I, I, I didn't come into this for a career. I came into this because I wanted to fundamentally change the direction of my country. All I will tell you is if Brexit gets betrayed, they will not have seen the last of me. This is a conservative edge. I'm sorry that our time with Mr. Farage was so short. However, this is the best we could do. Please take a look at future shows on the conservative edge. I'm Dr. Joe Corey, your host.